We've been talking in the last couple of days and, and just leading up to Vision Sunday next Sunday. We've been talking about the highways and the byways and, and, and the passage where Jesus talked about the highways and byways and, and the invitation to the party and, and s- some things that, that I believe are very key to every human being's success when we understand what the highways and the byways are and what they're about and, and why they're so important to us. Why you and I need to be aware of highways and byways and be involved in the lives of people. Your, your, your purpose on earth is tied to your connection to other people. When, when we stay consumed about ourselves, we're, we, are, we are self-destructing the plan of God in our own lives when we stay focused on ourselves. You cannot be the governor or the ruler of your life and be successful. You, you may, it may look like you are. You, you may see, yeah, but you know, other people have done this and, and they're successful. They may look successful, but success starts from within. Success starts inside of us, not based on, on what things look like. Don't ever be deceived. In fact, the Bible's real clear. If you read Psalm 37, it says, over, it says about four different times, don't be concerned with the people that appear to be prospering in their way. Just because someone appears to be wealthy or prospering in their way doesn't mean that they're successful. You know, because you can put some principles together and produce what the world calls success. Success starts from within, and it works its way out. And many times, true success takes, a long, takes longer for, for fruition than, than just, you know, day-to-day apparent success. And, and, and the Bible's very clear on it, because... Many things that we call success end up destroying people because they don't have the inward success to be able to handle the outward. And the outward pressures that are out there cannot be overcome if we don't have an inward resistance to pressure. So, and and I'm going to be driving this point home from now till next Sunday and probably on and off all year long, you need to be in the highways and byways of your life, of your individual life. Your highways and your byways are different than my highways and my byways. But you need to be in the highways and byways with the purpose, according to Luke 14, with the purpose of filling the house of God. Because the house of God is is the pillar of truth. It's where truth is revealed. And we believe that. We've believed that for the last 25 plus years. We believe that the house is the pillar of truth and that every human being needs the pillar of truth. When you're you're challenged on a regular basis by ministry to other people through you, what it does is it, it keeps things cleaned out. You know, a, a river that is not flowing becomes a stale and a stagnant river. And we need the juices and the revelations of God flowing through us into the lives of other people. God created you for that. Before He created you for anything else, He created you as a minister of reconciliation, the Bible says. 
2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 through 21 talks about that ministry of reconciliation that every human being has been called to. And when we begin to understand that we, that we, are, we are the tools that God has set up and established in the earth to bring people to Him, and when we take that serious and we put that first place, then everything else gets set up in our lives. But we've got to understand it. It's not, it's not something, it's not, it's not even evangelism. Reconciliation is not evangelism. Reconciliation is your calling. People say, well, I, I just don't know what I'm called to do. I just told you. I just told you that your calling in life is to see people reconciled to God. And when you, when you get planted in the house and you take on that purpose and that role in the earth, then everything else will flourish in your life. The great commission and the great commandment of God was to love God and love people and then to make disciples of those people. But, a, but, you know, a pulpit is not going to make a disciple. A, a pole, a tree, is not going to make a disciple. Human beings make disciples. Not disciples of ourselves, but disciples of Jesus. So Jesus has to be real to us, and the revelation of His Word's got to be working in us. But as the revelation comes in and through us, it's got to work out of us into other people's lives. And if we're not actively doing that, we're not actively fulfilling the purpose and plan of humanity on the earth. I've got some things next week that, that I'm, I'm going to share with you, and, but I'm going a little bit different direction today, just giving you a piece of what we're going to share next week. But I'm just continually reaffirming to you the, 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 the purpose of your life on this earth. And... When you understand your purpose here from God, so many things that haven't been fulfilled become fulfilled because you get busier in the lives of other people and get your mind off yourself. You are not a good ruler or governor of your life. You're not good. You're not good for you in that role. Because it's God's role. And He wants to be the supreme being that is in control, and He wants you to believe that He is really in control. Because in the natural, you can't see Him, you can't touch Him in the natural. You know, He, he, doesn't, he doesn't talk to us predominantly in an audible voice. He talks to us through the Word, and the Word is like a megaphone. You know, if, if, I'm, if, if I'm trying to get someone's attention, even outside of this building, and say the doors are open out there, and somebody's on the other side, and they can't even see me, and I've got this megaphone, hey, hollering at whoever's out there, and I'm using that. It's like God's wanting us to be so convinced that what He is saying is real even when you can't see Him with your natural eyes. He wants us to believe in that. And that's what this, this coming year is about. Last year was a strategic year of preparing for 
manifestation. It was strategic. There were some things that were, some battles that were won in the spirit realm where words and word curses were concerned. I'm not just talking about where this body is concerned. I'm talking about across the nation and the planet. Something strategically happened. And, and I'm, uh, just over the last couple of months, God's been showing me some things in, in my spirit what happened. And, and I have to say, and I don't think I've said this about any other year, but I have to say that 2014 was the most profitable year for us that the body of Christ has ever known. I'm telling you, profitable. And, and, and see, again, when we think profit, we think of, okay, something in our hand. But when you have it right here, you got the goods. The goods are just, just, now it's just a manner of these things happening. But something strategically happened in 2014 that has set the church up to receive all that it was created to, to, to receive. See, and when I say that, see, we're a part of the body of Jesus Christ. So it's, it's at gates also, but, but it's the church of Jesus Christ. And, and, and some people don't even know that anything happened. But... I'm telling you some things happened and some things changed and there was some shifts. And so, so where some of you have struggled in your personal lives with overcoming issues and attitudes within yourself, some of you that have struggled in certain areas, you're going to see victories overnight. You're going to see things manifest manifested in your life because you made a choice and you made a decision and you don't go back. You're not going backwards. You're making a choice and a decision. Some of you have walked and struggled with unforgiveness in your heart towards people that have done you wrong and you're going to release it. You know why? It's not worth it. Because I'm telling you what, this book right here is full of what happens when we don't forgive people. And I don't like what it says. I like what it says when I do forgive. Amen? And forgiveness is just a choice. Yeah, but you don't know what happened. No, but he does. And if you release it, and you release you trying to figure all the situations out, you release that, amazing things can happen. And what happens is you overcome, and you don't even, it's like, wow, I'm I'm not even holding that anymore. I'm telling you some things have happened this, this previous year that have positioned us that have already started stuff happening in, in your lives and, and people all across the planet. The church of Jesus Christ is taking over. We're taking over. Amen? And I'll tell you how you take over. One person at a time when you understand the highways and the byways. The main roads and the back roads right? The everyday roads that you travel and the dirt roads, the side roads, the side paths that you take on a day, on on, on a regular basis. And we understand the two and how they operate together and and that we're going to be there anyway and we might as well be aware of what's going on instead of clueless. Then we'll see the successes in every one of our lives. Listen, no one in, in the kingdom No one is left behind that does what he says. No one's left behind. Somebody's used that in the school system. No child left behind. 
I'm telling you today, not one of us would be left behind. Why? Well, now that you ask, it's because of the word I'm going to preach today. I've given you this scripture, Luke 1 and verse 37 in the NIV. But Luke 1 37 in the NIV on the screen is not the same as Luke 137 in the NIV in my iPad. So it says, this is the NIV, eight words. This verse in the NIV, Luke 137, is eight words. For no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. Not one word. Nothing from God will ever fail. So, with that in mind, I want to share just something simple with you today. Um, every time that you see every time that you see something in scripture that talks about the word I want you to connect that to the wisdom of God. The Word of God and the wisdom of God are synonymous. They're together. They're connected. You can't separate the Word of God and the wisdom of God. And I want to show you just in, in a few verses of Scripture. I want you to turn with me to Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 8. That's the title of my message today. The Word what is the title of my message today? I didn't write it down. Did I, put it, did I give it to you? No word will ever fail. That's what it was, or some wisdom or something anyway. No word will ever fail. But Proverbs chapter 8. No word will ever fail. Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 1. Does not wisdom cry out, and understanding lift her voice? She takes her stand on the top of the high hill, beside the way where the paths meet. She cries out by the gates, at the entry of the city, at the entrance of the doors. Verse 15, or verse, um, verse 21. And this whole chapter is talking about the wisdom of God. That I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth. That I may fill their treasuries. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of His way. The Lord the Father possessed me wisdom at the beginning of His way. Before His works of old, I've been established from everlasting from the beginning. Everybody say from the beginning. From the beginning, before there was ever an earth, when there were no depths, I was brought forth. 
when there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills I was brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth or the fields or the criminal dust of the world, when he appeared, when he prepared the heavens, I was there, when he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limits so that the waters would not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, when I was beside him as a master craftsman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and my delight was with the sons of men. What? Wisdom. Wisdom was in the beginning. Look at John 1 and verse 1. I could give you a lot of different scriptures, but I'm just tying these two together. John 1 and 1. John 1 and verse 1. Everybody read it with me. Ready? Read. In the beginning, okay? In the beginning. In the beginning. What did, what did Proverbs just say? In the beginning was wisdom. And wisdom was there as, as all was being created. Wisdom was there creating. Wisdom was in the beginning. So in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 2, He was in the beginning with God. He who? He the Word And I'm telling you today, He the Word is He wisdom. Okay? Verse 3. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. So the Word, the Word and wisdom are synonymous. They work together. They flow together. they, They are together. They're one. Because The Word of God that equals the wisdom of God causes the Word that is spoken from God to produce an enlightenment and a refreshing and a sustenance into the lives of people. I'm going to say it again. The Word of God that is the wisdom of God causes the Word that is spoken to build up and to refresh and to strengthen and to give life. That creative power of God that created the worlds in the beginning is the same creative power that's working on our behalf. That's why you and I need it. You can read the Word and something can come out of the Word that you're reading or that you're confessing that is there to sustain you, to build you, and to strengthen you. If you don't do the Word... If you're you're not a doer of the Word, then you can hear the Word, and and, and that's pretty and it's nice, but if you don't do the Word and you don't learn how to do it, then it doesn't set you up to be on the receiving end of what God has for you. That's why the church being filled is so important. That's why the house of God being filled up with the lives of people is so important so that people's lives can be delivered and, and encouraged and strengthened and set free. And when you and I are a part of that, when it's something that you're actively working at, what happens is your focus is off yourself and it's on to fulfilling the plan and the purpose of God. What is the purpose of God? Great commandment, great commission. Love God and people, 
right? And then make disciples with that love. Well, it's really, it's really this love that you and I have from God in knowing how much that He loved us that He gave the best of heaven. So what happens is when you understand that love, you give that best to people. And some of the places that it's most important is in your, with your family. It starts with family members, not just the easiest people to, 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 to bless or be a part of or to speak in their life, but it begins with family. When I was talking earlier about, about that unforgiveness, this, this year is a year where people that have had unforgiveness or bitterness or they've held things against people, things are dropping. Where, where we've been inconsistent people in our lives, God wants us to become consistent and with a passion. Following through in areas where we need to follow through and not just, you know, just getting tired of something and getting lazy and, and backing off, but pressing in like we've never pressed in before. God's empowering us to do that. That's what this year is about. And I'm just telling you and I'm going to remind you on a regular basis that that empowerment comes from what you're doing with the Word, what you're doing with it. And I'm not just talking about, you know, how much knowledge that you get of it, but how, how, how you find yourself in these strategic positions where the right word from God from you helps someone in their life. The right expression, being in the right place at the right time to bring encouragement to someone else's life. It's part of what makes you tick. When we don't do that, when we don't do that, it's like, Part of his is not plugged in. It's like half of what we're doing is, is working, but the other half is not working because we're not plugged into the great commission, the great commandment of God. Those are the last two things he left for us. Those are the last two commandments, if you will, things that had no option to them that he left us to walk in and fulfill and, and I think he was pretty serious about it. I think he was like, hey, I want you to do this. It wasn't just like, well, if you feel like it, you know, if you got time in your day. Well, we got to make time. And when we make time for others, then our lives get lined up. And I'm talking about, I'm talking about listening to the, to the voice of God inside of you, learning to listen to where he wants you to be and what he wants you to do. I told, I'd, I'd given a, little example, of, I don't know, maybe a year or two ago, how that um, there was a season in my pastoral life here that I got, I got wrapped up in ministry life so much that it, it burned me out from being aware of people around me. And, you know, to bring a little definition to highways and byways, your highways are your, the main thoroughfares of your life on a day-to-day -day basis. If you get up in the morning, you leave your house, and you drive through Starbucks for a coffee, and then you go to work, and you do that. There's the same little path that you take every day. Well, along that path are lives of people. And many times we're so into ourselves, we're not even aware of the people that we're around and, and, and the needs of those people. And I, I just kind of got hardened to that, not, not on purpose and not totally, but not like I used to be. And what I've noticed in the last few years is I've, as, I've, as I realized that and God showed that to me, 
what I've noticed is how many people need something that I give them when I give it to them. No, no, no. Watch this verse. Isaiah chapter 50. It was God reminding me through this verse that, that stirred this inside of me that number of years back. Isaiah 50 and verse 4. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He, the Father, the Holy Spirit, awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God, verse 5, the Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious. But there was a time when I was. Not consciously, but I was just, I was distracted. But God has opened your and my ear. He's given us the Holy Ghost. He's given us His Word to have a right word for people every single day. I can promise you, if your ears are open, if you're paying attention, remember, who, where is God at when you open your eyes? Your eyes are closed. You open your eyes. Hello! Let's go. Let's start this day. Let's, let's get into this day and let's make a difference. Right? Instead of you open your eyes, oh my gosh, it's another day. I had another hour and a half to sleep. <sighs> and, you know, I'm saying, you know, there's a lot of days you can wake up like that and feel that way. But you wake up and you hear, listen, he's, he's, he's tuned your ear, he's opened your ear to hear him. Okay, let's do this thing, God. You just show me. I can't, I can't tell you how many times, probably hundreds of times, hundreds in the last few years, as God's awakened my, me back to this, that I'd just been somewhere and had something for somebody. Walking through a store, going through a drive-thru, sitting in a restaurant, in a grocery store, in a, in, in a, in, in a Lowe's, in a Home Depot, in a this or what. Just, just, just aware with an ear open to hear what God would have you say. Saying something in a kind way to my wife or to my children or to my mother-in-law or to somebody that is around me, to family members, you know, that are close, calling a family member on the phone and just giving them something, getting your mind. Every single time, listen to me, I'm telling you, this will work. Every time you start getting frustrated or depressed, call somebody. You know, you call somebody and they chew you out, maybe that was the wrong one. Okay? But at least do something to get your mind off yourself and what's going on. Call somebody. Find somebody. You know, go, go, go somewhere where you can just say something to somebody like, hey, you know what? I, I, I just wanted you to know today God loves you. I just, wanted you to know, I just wanted you to know today that, you know, this is a great day. Man, I'm so glad to see you. I can't tell you how many hundreds of times in the last few years that I've been there with that right word at the right time and I heard it. And, and you know what? I can't say that 
hundreds of people have been saved in that moment, but the Bible says one plants and one waters, and God brings increase. So if I do my part and you do your part, we're going to get them all done, right? There may be a day. There's been, there's been a number of different days when I was at the right place at the right time, and that person got born again right then. But most of the time, it was just a seed. It was just a seed. And most of the time, the seed did as much for me as it did for them. Because I was actively being aware of listening to the voice of God and delivering what needed to be said in the moment. And that does as much or more for the person delivering it as it does for the person that's receiving it. But this word in season brings a sustaining in the lives of people. Wow, do you realize how important that we are for other people's lives, for people to be sustained in their life, to, to be strengthened in their life, to be encouraged? Do you realize how important that you and I are for that? I tell you what, you can get wrapped up in yourself and be so freaking critical of every person and everything that people do. I mean, all the time. So judgmental. Some of you are judging me for saying frickin'. <laughs> I, I, we'd been in Kerrville for about just a few months. And I was preaching one Sunday morning. What was the word I used to use? Sucker. Well, you sucker. I used to use that word all the time. So after a Sunday morning service, this woman, was it a woman? Oh, no, it was that man, yeah. Yeah, this, this guy comes up to me afterwards and he said, I just want you to know that, you know, this word you used today just contaminated the minds of the people here. And I go, what did I say? And he said, the word sucker. See, what people did is they put another letter in front of that. I mean, they, they replaced the S with a F. And so they're all thinking that. And I looked at that guy and I thought, say what? <laughs> and you know, I don't, I don't think I said this to him. I would today. But I don't think I said this to him, but I thought to myself, you're the only one that thought that. You're absolutely the only one that thought that. You're so busy judging every little thing in someone else's life, you wouldn't hear God if he's walking down the street with a sign on his head that says, I'm God. We've got to get rid of it, man. We've got to get rid of those kind of things. So that... So that we, that do you realize how important you are to help sustaining other people? You are so vitally important to God's word becoming real on the inside of, of human beings. And I'm telling you, we've, we've crossed over. We, we've gone over a threshold in the body of Christ and I'm telling you, you can do this. And I'm saying it around the world. We can do this thing. We can win this, this planet for God. 
We can fill up every building that's been... If we filled up every building on planet Earth today, in the United States, I I read a statistic that if we filled every church building that was created for church, if we filled them all up, it'd be 30% of Americans. And if we filled every building around the world, it would be less than 10%. So we got a lot of filling and a lot of building to do. Right? Uh, right? I mean, it, I mean, Luke 14 says the purpose of going to the highways and byways is to fill the house. That's what Luke 14 said. And the only purpose for filling the house is not in a religious way. The purpose for filling the house is we got the goods. And we got something to say. What I'm saying to you today from the Word of God is an encouragement that if, 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 this, is, if this engages your life, if you take this serious and you engage the highways and the byways and you connect with it and you get this revelation for you, it will cause everything else in your life to flourish. And do you think people will want what you have? Dang right. People will be drawn to you because you're flourishing. I don't know about you, but I want to flourish. Those who are planted, Psalm 92 says, those who are planted in the house shall flourish in the courts. And the courts represent everything on the outside of the house. So when we're planted in the house and we have revelation about building the house, God will build everything in your life. And it's so true. It's so absolutely true. But it has to be something that is liberating to you, not something that you're wearing like a ball and chain. Has something you've got to see it in a liberating way. God purposed and planned for you to live your life in the highways and the byways to make a difference. Can you say amen? amen. Glory to God. Go to Luke 14, and then I'll just end with this. Luke 14 and verse 15. And when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these words, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. And he said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. First said to him, Ah, I bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it I ask you to have me excused another said I've bought five yoke of oxen and I've I'm going to test them I've asked you to have me excused still another said I've married a wife and therefore I cannot come so the servant came and reported these things to his master then the master of the house being angry said to his servant go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor 
and the maimed and the lamed and the blind. Now, in this passage, and we'll get into it next Sunday and, and Sunday night, we're, we're going to kind of, I've got three things that I'm going to bring to you. Um, and some of it's we, we've just touched on and highlighted on. But <clears throat> one, one thing about this story, because it, it, it is an example and a comparison of the kingdom of God. And when, when, when you receive Jesus in your heart, when you're born again, you, you've been placed and invited into and received into the kingdom of God, into the family of God. And in this place, in the kingdom and in the family of God, we have a choice to learn what it means to serve God and to love Him and to obey Him and to live for Him. And, that, and that's not a... That, 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 that's, God has never put pressure on anybody to serve Him, to love Him, to live their life for Him. He's never pressured people. Now, I, I think people in ministry have, but servanthood in God is never just for the advantage of someone else. Servanthood in God is to advance the kingdom in regards to the way we were, we, we've been talking today. And when people that had been invited made all the excuses of why they couldn't come and do what needed to be done and serve in the house and these kind of things because the comparison here is to the house. And when all these excuses were made, then the king, then the father said, okay, then I want you to go out and bring in, who did he name? He says, I want you to go into the city and bring in the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said to the master, it is done as you command it and still there's room. I always thought, I always just had in the back of my mind until a while back that the highways and the byways we're just like, you know, people living under bridges and the poor and, and, and that we're to, to bring them in. And we are. We're to minister to them. But he talked about that group of people, the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And they were invited. And then he said, now go into the highways and the hedges or the byways and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. In other words, they won't taste of the good things of God because of the excuses of why we can't serve. See, God wants the excuses removed because you want to. <laughs> See, the excuses for the lack of serving is not going to, you know, the, getting rid of the excuse is not going to come when someone's hammering you because you're not doing enough. Now, those days are gone. These are the days when we're privileged to serve. These are the days where bringing people into the house and serving people and ministering to people becomes a privilege because God thought so much about us 
that if we don't do our part, the part he's already done won't happen. How important are you and I? Well, God will do whatever. No, no, no. See, he won't go against his word. He called you and I joint heirs with him. We're equal partners with him. He already did his part, and his part will work if we learn to do our part. And our part is to serve his vision and to carry it out. And the vision I'm bringing for Gates, but I believe it's a vision across the planet, is that you and I are to be people that live going to the highways and the hedges and being there and being available and ready Becoming people that rid ourselves of excuses and are more concerned about serving the house and the vision and the purpose of God than we are even our own things. And the more we do it, the more we flourish. I don't know how. It just works. God set it up that way, and if we follow that out, it just works. In this passage right here, he said, Go out into the highways and byways and compel them to come in. Why? Because God doesn't desire for anybody to perish, but everybody to come to the saving knowledge. God doesn't want anybody. God did not create hell for people. Hell was not created for people. It was created for the devil and demons. Heaven was created for people. God's desire is that all come to the saving knowledge. It's it's a choice, but I'm telling you what. You and I are called to remove the second choice (laughs) so that people choose life. Bruce Gunkel preached that on Tuesday night. It was beautiful. It just hit me in in such a way that these choices, Deuteronomy says life and death has been put before us. He said, you have a choice whether you choose God or, an, or another way, but His command is that we choose Him. And we help people remove that other choice by allowing what we know and what we have to empower their lives. If you, I'm just going to make this point and then I'll be done. I want you to think about this. If in your main thoroughfare of life every day, there's somebody that you come across every day, and if you say nothing to that person, do you think that there's, a peop- there's, there's people standing in line ready to encourage this person? I'm saying that most people in the working world get negative things from people instead of positive, would you say? So if you come along and you encourage somebody and you speak something positive and uplifting into their life, could it make a difference? I think a lot of people, you know, I think a lot of times people that I come across, they're shocked when they get an encouraging word or they get something that is uplifting and, 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 and building in their life. I, I think they, they're shocked because, because they hear so much negative and they're blamed for things. I went through the Starbucks drive through this morning and uh, had a couple of my girls with me and, and the coffee was done wrong. 
Well, bless God, I'm going to get out of my car. No, I didn't do that. I got out of my car. I walked inside, and I said, this is just milk and syrup. There's no coffee in it. The lady looked at me. I am so sorry. She said, I forgot to hit that button. I said, oh, well, hit the button. And she's just watching me the whole time, you know. And I'm just smiling. And the other girl over there says, what did I do wrong? Nothing, it's cool. No, 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 what did I do wrong? Nothing. She's fixing it. Okay. And they're just both looking at me like, they're thinking I'm going to just like tear them up. I, had to, I went through the drive-thru. I had to get out of my car and go inside and fix the drink. Bless God, you ought to give me a free one. No. We don't have to act like that. I'm telling you it made a difference. See, that's the highways and the hedges and just being aware. I don't know about you. I have to be aware so I don't let my flesh let them know how I feel and give them a piece of my mind. Well, Pastor, you ought to have more control. Well, I'm sorry, but I have to be aware. I need the Holy Ghost. I need His help. I need Him to remind me every day. People are watching. Huh? They may come to church. Oh, that's a guy that chewed me out. I don't think I'll stay here. <laughs> my wife's had to remind me of that many times. They may come to church. Oh, yeah. And you know what? What does it do to you? It makes you feel better. You're more encouraged. You're strengthened, right? Why? Because you sowed a good seed. And you know what? I didn't say nothing. All I said was, it's okay. That's all I said. It's okay. And they're looking at me like, it's not okay. It's okay. I'm not going to chew you out. How many times do you think they've been chewed out? Because they did something wrong. Hmm? Don't raise your hand, but how many of you have chewed people out because they did something wrong? So let's learn. That's a highway. That's a highway or a byway. Hmm? If you went through, if you don't normally go through a drive-thru like that, then that's a byway. If it's something you go to every day, that's your highway. And just be aware of all the people in the highways and byways that need what you have. And the more we're aware of it, the more we're empowered to advance the kingdom. And how many can say this with me? How many can say, this is my best year yet? How many believe it? Come on. Huh? Come on, say it. Say it after me. This is my best year yet. Right? Huh? Come on. I'm telling you, that's not just me being a cheerleader to try to encourage you and convince you. I'm telling you, every new year is the best year yet because God always increases. He never goes backwards. Best year. And I told you, last year was significant. And what was it significant for? For manifestation this year in things that we believe God for. Amen? Significant last year. There was a threshold in the spirit realm that we crossed over, and amazing things are happening for God's people today. In the name of Jesus. Amen?